Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. That's right, we're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom, The Simpsons. But this podcast didn't start with season one, episode one. No, you see, we were cursed by an entity known as the Wheel of Random. The Wheel of Random decreed that there's too many podcasts out there that have discussed the beloved Golden Age Simpsons, that being seasons one through ten. So it cursed us to watch at random, mind you, seasons 11 and beyond, just to see if there's any gems out there that can match those beloved Golden Age episodes. Also... When it's a new season, we have to watch those episodes instead. But this week, it's not a new season. So we have to watch the random episode that the entity known as Wheel of Random assigned to us. You see, I'm annoyed Grant Boy Craig. And with me is the other annoyed Grant Boy. Steve. Hey, Craig. Hey, Steve. Let's just uh, get into it. Last week, we asked listeners to uh, pitch us a title. And then we come up with an episode. So uh, you did the job and we've got one here. We picked uh, one that we liked out of all the entries that we got. And uh, so let's just get to it. This is from our friend of the show listener, WTF is Kate on Instagram. That's WTF underscore is underscore Kate on Instagram. And they suggested Krusty and the Superintendent Chalmers' terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Now we'll take that title and we'll each try and pitch an episode. So again, that episode is Krusty and Superintendent Chalmers' terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. What do you got, Craig? So I'm going to make this a flashback episode where we find out that Chalmers and Krusty both dated the same woman. Okay. And Shauna shows up and she says that Krusty or Chalmers is their dad. Oh. Also, there's more of a backstory to this backstory because Chalmers, before Sideshow Bob, there is Sideshow Gary. Okay. And they had a third act, which is Shauna's mother. And that's what broke Krusty and Chalmers up was a love triangle. So their bad day is not that Shauna's one of their kids. It's just the bad day was really the flashback of when their friendship broke up. It wasn't like uh, Shauna's mom was sleeping around. It's just that she was with Krusty first and then she fell in love with Gary. Right. But in the meantime, there was like a few months where it was iffy because she then left because they were both weren't uh, good candidates for husbands or lovers. Yeah, and kind of a did... my two dad situation. Right. She didn't want to bring Shauna, but then Shauna decided she wanted to meet her dad. And in the end, of course, we know the truth because okay. we already know. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's my pitch there. There you go. WTF. It's Kate. I um, like that a lot. Here's mine. We've never really seen Chalmers and Krusty interact with one another. And so this is going to be kind of a spiritual sequel to the season 32 Road to Cincinnati, which will not feature the Simpsons in a large part. But my theory is that Chalmers and Krusty do not get along. They meet each other in the woods. So Krusty, he's trying to rebuild Camp Krusty. And as he's surveying the land to build the new camp, he's out there and he gets lost. And Chalmers, being the outdoorsman that he is, is also in the woods. But they run into each other because Krusty's trying to find some land and he accidentally steps over Chalmers' campsite, putting on his fire, which upsets Chalmers. So he says, Krusty. And then they fall down a ravine and they get trapped in a cave and they have to escape. And Chalmers is just frustrated throughout the episode and things just keep on getting worse. And they get chased by bears, you know, that it rains on them and it's just horrible. But it turns out that Krusty's comedy training as a clown is what saves the day because he entertains the the bear with uh, some balloon animals. 
he pulls a rabbit out of his hat, which say he's not a magician, but he went to, he took a magic class in, in college. And so he, they eat the rabbit for sustenance. And it turns out that Krusty saves the day, the very bad day that Chalmers and Krusty have. It's a survival story between the two of them, but it turns out that Krusty's ingenuity as a comic genius saves the day rather than Chalmers' knowledge of the outdoors. But also throughout the story, Krusty makes fun of Chalmers for not being funny. And then he makes him laugh with a well-placed joke. Ah, what do you jerks know? That's a quality joke. So yeah, that's my story. I think yours uh, is a very good story. I think that uh, makes more sense than mine. I think they're both a lot of fun. I'd watch them both. I think they should make both of them. And uh, we'll give credit to at WTF underscore it's underscore Kate on uh, Instagram. Thank you so much for that submission. And uh, folks, if you have a title for an episode that you want us to pitch, just send it to us via Twitter or Instagram, whatever works for you at Facebook or Facebook even or a voicemail. Yeah, do that for- by uh, clicking on the show notes and uh, on the bottom there it says uh, leave a voicemail. Do that. Yeah. All right. This was fun. Um, you know what? Cheers hmm. to this suggestion and to this new uh, segment. I like doing this. It helps us uh, be creative and we like That's to be right. creative, but we also like to be drunk. That's right. And to do that, we need beer. So that means it's time for our favorite segment, the Simpsons Beer Corner. Or should we say second favorite segment now? Oh, yeah, you're right. Our second favorite segment, <laughs> the Simpsons Beer Corner. <laughs> All right, Steve, what do you got for us this week? Well, Craig, this episode is all about the impending apocalypse, you know, and as the good book says, there'll be four horsemen coming to, what do they do, judges? I don't know. But the four <laughs> horsemen are coming. But what if there was a fifth horseman? That's why I have Fifth Horseman Black Lager from Side A Brewing out of La Grand, Washington. It's uh, Black Lager. The can is somewhat kid-friendly with a skeleton in a robe riding a horse holding a cup. Flavors and feels riding side by side in apparent disproportion with colors of pure apocalyptic persuasion. So it really implies the end is nigh. Yay. But before it is, you can have plenty of these because it's only 4.9%. Nice dark beer for a light day like today. And yep, it's a dark beer with a nice clear head. And you'll have a nice clear head after the 4.9% alcohol. Exactly. (laughs) Smells a little chocolatey, a little malty. Mm, That's nice. It's rich. It's dark, but it's easy drinking. You could definitely have a bunch of these. Uh, for somebody who likes dark beers, this is a good alternative because I don't want—I don't necessarily want a lager or an IPA on a summer day. So this black lager is the way to go. I recommend. What do you got for us, Greg? Like clockwork on this podcast, I never really relate my beers to uh, the episode. Which is fine. Um, no, because uh, you know I recently found out that right down the street from me, I live in suburbia. Okay, mm-hmm. so we don't really have like my nearest like I'm doing air quotes bar would be at Applebee's, but one of my favorite breweries out of. Uh, out of Washington here. It's called Heathen Brewery. And they have a, a nice brewery in downtown Vancouver, Washington. But where they actually brew their beer at a tap house is actually like walking distance from my house. Wow. So it's down the street from me and they have a tap house there with 30 beers on tap. Eventually they're going to open a restaurant, which I'm pretty excited for. And uh, Steve, I almost like want to work here. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to be a brewmaster. That'd be a lot of fun. Or an apprentice. What? How do you start off? You're just like probably an apprentice, right? Yeah, you... Yeah, you'd basically watch them brew beer, kind of learn the ropes, and then you could brew your own. That's like, that's probably the hardest job to get. Like, being an FBI agent or a CIA agent probably is easier than going to a, a brewery to learn the ropes, right? It's true, but, you know, which is more important at the end of the day? Uh, beer. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. Um, so, what I'm trying to get to is, like, we filled up some of our growlers there uh, with uh, a beer that I haven't tried. And I thought, well, 
it's the summertime. I'd love a stout, but the problem is, like you mentioned, you don't really want like an IPA or like uh, like a heavier beer. Like right. a stout on a summer day is definitely not something that you really crave for. But this one changed my mind because it's called the Cosmic Impact. The thing is, uh, since it's from a growler, I can't tell you what the can is because if you got a can, it's just a silver can and they write what's on it. So I'll just imagine if it is in stores, it might be in stores. Cosmic Impact, it's a blonde stout, Steve. Ooh. Yes. It's with uh, cold brew, cocoa nibs, and vanilla beans. It's uh, 5.9% alcohol and a 30 IBUs. It's light in color, so it uh, doesn't look like a stout, obviously, because it's a blonde stout. A smell, you, you do definitely get the uh, coffee aroma, which I do love a, a coffee stout. Sure. But not in summertime, but maybe this will change my mind. That is a light, crisp, refreshing stout, and it does quench the thirst on a hot day. It's such a good, refreshing dessert. You know how if you want like, like an ice cream at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but you're not a kid and you're an adult and you drink <laughs> beer, but you want that flavor, this is what you want. Um, I highly recommend it. it to you, Steve. I don't know how you could get your hands on it. Uh, they might they, they might sell the Cosmic Impact you know, in cans in your store. Not seeing it online, but I might just have to take a trip over there and try it. Do they have a heathen in Portland or I think it's just Vancouver, right? Yeah, I, we've had some of their cans at my store before, but it, they're few and far between. I am a uh, heathen. I'm a heathen. <laughs> there we go. Well, Craig, <laughs> while you're turning into a heathen that you already are, <laughs> let's hop into our time machine and go all the way back to January 6th. 2013. Ah, bummer. Sorry, Craig. We'll bring Uh, it up again. (laughs) I'm sure we will. Uh, What was the number one movie in the box office? Uh, January 6th, the number one movie was The Taking of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) That will be the title of the January 6th movie, right? Well, it wasn't The Taking of the White House, so I don't know what the address to the uh, Capitol building is. 1234 Fake Street, maybe? That sounds about right. (laughs) Uh, The number one movie was, uh, what year is this again, Steve? 2013. Texas Chainsaw? Mm-hmm. Like the Massacre Man? I do believe so. I don't think it's a uh, instructional video on how to use the tool. <laughs> I think it is a remake of the Massacre, as Ramon said. Uh, you know, that's one of the horror movies I've never seen. Yeah, uh, around this time, they were make, remaking a lot of horror movies like The Dawns of the Deads and what have you, and they just didn't really appeal to me. I'm more of a classics guy. This was in 3D, though. Oh. Yeah. Directed by John Lusenhop. Oh, you had a, a young, uh, you had a Alexandria Daddario in it. Oh. It's the only name that I can recognize. <laughs> wow. This was the number one movie? Probably for like a week. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I never. Yeah, I never saw the original. Never saw the remakes. Nope. Uh, I'm still behind on the. I think I did watch. Did I watch the new Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis? Because I've seen the original Halloween. I've seen like the originals mm-hmm. of like the slasher movies, but I couldn't tell you what happens when Freddy goes to Manhattan or whatever. Yeah, no. I I, I check out after like three or four just because it, it gets too ridiculous. I just want to watch like the original of like where it started. Like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I did watch like the remake of the Friday the Friday the Thirteenth with uh jackie earl haley as freddie just because i like him mm-hmm. how was that uh probably was probably bad i don't know okay yeah we're not whore people here no we're not we're simpsons people exactly we're simps that's right don't know what that means exactly to the modern kids but whatever we're simps <laughs> yeah we're simps also there's still january like that's kind of like the worst month in movies so yeah and they're showing Texas Chainsaw like a couple months after Halloween. That should have been a Halloween movie. All right, well, yeah, it's not like matter. a New Year's movie. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Steve. Well, we were not watching Texas Chainsaw. We surely were being Shirley and listening to the number one song. That's right. The number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. <laughs> That's the name of Bruce Willis if he lived on Mars. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, is there a kid's pop, Steve? <laughs> I think there might be. Let's let's hit play on that. All right, honestly, like, why don't you just play the real Bruno Mars or this version for kids? Like, maybe it's because it will put them to sleep because it's making me go to sleep listening to this. Sounds like a one-to-one rendition of the same song to me. We've played this before, haven't we? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. But man, is Kids Bob meant to just put your kids to sleep because it's putting us to sleep? Probably if you're, yeah, if you're on a road trip, it gets them to shut up for a few minutes. Why can't you just play the Bruno? Like, it's not offensive. No. (sighs) And he's the same height as children. He's a little shorter than that. That's true. <laughs> he should do the toddler's bop because that's his height. There you uh, go. Are we height shaming? Oh, it's okay. Sometimes we should probably like vet the uh, kids' bop. The reason why we play the kids' bop version is because uh, we don't want big DMCAs to come and kill us. That's right. We'd rather have uh, Disney kill us. That would eventually will. Yeah. But until then, we can uh, talk about this week's episode, Homer Goes to Prep School from Season 24, in which Homer joins the Springfield Preppers, an off-the-grid survivalist group which whose leader, voiced by Tom Waits, has set up a top-secret retreat outside of town to prepare for the end of the world. But Marge grows skeptical of the group's alarmist shenanigans. Does she really for like the whole episode or just maybe like a scene or two? Maybe just for a couple minutes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, We haven't watched the episode, of course. We gotta go watch it now. That's right, which we will do. And you should too. And we'll be right back. Today we're talking about Homer Goes to Prep School, the ninth episode of the 24th season. It originally aired on January 6, 2013. It is episode 517 of the show's run. Your nerd code is RABFO2. It was written by Brian Kelly, directed by Mark Kirkland, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Uh, what was the original air date, Steve? January 6, 2013. Oh, I was excited for a second. I know. It still seems kind of appropriate. We've, we've made enough January 6 jokes on this podcast, haven't we? I think so. And we'll keep making more. That's right. All right. Until the well, next one happens. So in like, what, a few months from now? Yeah. Cool. Uh, the next one will be a lot uh, more bloodier. Yay. Mm. Mm. Uh, anyways, uh, let's not talk about politics at all from the rest of this podcast, okay? Sounds good. All right. So uh, Brian Kelly, who you mentioned before, man, this kid, this young kid. Yeah. Probably in his teens, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. He's got like, like 18 episodes under his uh, writing belt. Yes. We've reviewed uh, at least five of them. That's right. This one coming to our, be our sixth one. He's always written kind of the uh, the fun episodes, like for instance, like Brick Like Me, the Lego episode, or The mm-hmm. Surf which was kind of the medieval, what we thought was Game of Thrones episode, but really wasn't. Yeah, just a weird amalgamation of a lot of different properties. Yeah. But yeah, he does do a little uh, fantasy stuff. Um, a lot of Lisa episodes too. And a yeah, few, she's, uh, she's uh, 
She's she's in this episode. Yeah, a little bit. Well, the first main episode he wrote was uh, Star is Born Again. That's from uh, season 14, episode 13. I believe that one is the episode where Ned's introduced to the Christian uh, singer oh, that he falls in love yes, with. Is that yes. maybe it? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first one we ever reviewed that uh, Brian Kelly wrote was our uh, 15th episode, Steve. It was Lisa Gets the Blues. You wrote that with oh. David Silverman. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, early on in the days. Lisa gets the blues. I'm assuming that's the one where she gets blues. Yeah, blues. I think so. <laughs> but we still have plenty more to look forward to from Brian Kelly. No relation to David E. Kelly, is he? I don't believe so. But the latest episode that we did review is the longest Marge way back in January. That's a football episode. We like that one. Oh, yeah. For uh, the new news season that has uh, Beck Bennett. Exactly. But he's saying that episode that was funny, like football. I'm a football. I'm not a football <laughs> boy. I'm a football man. Or yeah, something. that was great. Yeah. Don't forget. Uh, the one episode of Futurama, Love's Labor's Lost in Space. Yep, that's uh, the fourth episode. Yeah, we reviewed that in our uh, Futurama podcast called uh, Planet Podcast Express. Yes. Uh, like the Fry Guys. Oh, that's a better one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have a Futurama podcast. We're too dumb to have a Futurama podcast. Going on a bender with the Fry Guys would be a good name uh-huh. for it. But yeah, we are too dumb. I don't I don't want to try and figure out all the math problems. <laughs> Although it would be a nice finite uh, podcast because it's ended. And then we just come back when the show comes back every five years. Exactly. Yeah. Do three should, episodes until it gets canceled again. We should do that with Beavis and Butthead too, you know? Yeah. We just did. Uh, we do the original series, which I think all the, the, the series is going to come on Paramount Plus. Sorry, we're promoting another network, but yeah, I think it's including uh, the uh, music videos. In fact, I really? even turned on because after the new movie dropped, the mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead do the galaxy, do the universe. Universe, I believe. Uh, fun movie. Uh, recommended. Yeah. Um, I, I clicked over on one episode. Not all the episodes are up yet, but I clicked on one of the episodes and there was a there was a music video. I forget which one it was. though. Oh, that's great, though. That's huge for me because that's my favorite part of the whole series. It's just them sitting around watching TV and watching music videos. Right. Good stuff. Uh, but uh, we're not. We're not a couple buttheads. No. <laughs> yeah, we are. But <laughs> who would you be? I think. Uh, uh. <laughs> do you want to be Beavis? I mean, there's not. It's not a right answer to this question. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't I think know I, which... I would consider myself maybe like in our younger days. I would probably consider myself more of the Beavis and then you would probably be in the butthead. Maybe just as the height difference. Maybe I was more blonde than you, but I guess we were both uh, kind of blonde. But I just probably said more uh, dumber things. Yeah. I mean, they're both idiots and so are <laughs> we. So it works out. Fine. You could be Daria. And you can be that kid with the winger shirt. <laughs> That's actually more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're Daria and I'm the kid with the winger shirt, Stuart. But I'm Beavis and Butthead Daria, not like cool. No. series Daria. No, because if it was like Daria TV show. Um, I'd be Jane and uh, then you'd have a crush on me. So I don't think I want to do that, Steve. That's a fair point. Yeah. Was that one of your animated crushes? Is, in I would say school? so. Yeah. Who is uh, <laughs> the guy that Daria had a crush on? Uh, Kent Trent. Trent. Yeah. That sounds Trent, right. Yeah. yeah. She made a cameo in the Beavis and Butthead movie. Did she? I, I actually, to be honest with you, I, I was sleepy one night and I only watched about 25 minutes of it, but I really liked what I saw. Yeah. I, I, I might've been sleepy too. And I might have to go back and rewatch the ending. So. Yeah. I, I, I literally watched it the night it dropped at like midnight. So yeah, that's kind of what I did too. And I was like, okay, I could do it. It's only like 90 minutes, not maybe even only 80 minutes, but you know, 
at our age after midnight uh you know you get sleepy it ain't a game show on comedy central it's just a time <laughs> to go to bed all right well let's uh, go to bread steve go to bread the simpsons right. bread that's right we uh get to started with a title gag and we got good old spider pig aka peter plopper swinging across the screen using his uh, web shooters yeah this is one of the full-on uh intros because there's even a billboard gag steve yeah with a uh, sideshow Mel for a, a hair bone removal clinic. Steve, this is uh, my model. Live the bone free life. <laughs> Mine too, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> what does this mean? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's sideshow Mel there, living his bone free life. <laughs> so there's just a clinic for people to remove their hair bones. What did you guys think we were talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I live the bone-free life because I have no hair, so I have no bone to yeah. get my hair into. And if I, yeah, I have long hair, and if I put a bone in it, that'd be uh, difficult to get out. And, you know, I like to wear hats. I can't wear a yeah. hat with a bone in my hair. Can't have a bone hat now. No. <laughs> uh, it's probably good for, didn't like Bam Bam wear a bone in her hair, like in the, the Flintstones? Is that is that accurate? It seems like Bam Bam or Pebble, Pebbles, yeah. One of those stupid kids. What a dumb cartoon that was. <laughs> I hate talking about uh what about the jetsons it's fine <laughs> same show i like future shit not past shit yeah new shit is better than old shit duh <laughs> all right uh is there a chalkboard gag as well there is we're we're just blessed with so many bounties of gags um we get teacher did not get fat over the holidays so, yeah so bart uh was body shaming krabappel mm -hmm. and he had to stay over to write uh that she did not get fat so uh body shaming uh bad bad bart bad bart yeah but also bad on teacher for pointing it out and making him write it over and over again so the kids can just see just to remind them that she did in fact probably get fat but you're right it, he doesn't, it, we, she, nobody he should writes, be body yeah. shaming anybody but yeah but he, he's writing them after class Do, does she erase I've always wondered this. When Bart's done writing the Krabappel messages, uh, mm -hmm. does she erase them immediately or does she wait till the next day in, in class so the students can see what Bart wrote? Hmm. Or, or does she just erase them in the morning? Like she comes back the next day and sees that he did his, his penance and wrote that however many times on the board and then she erases it before class starts. So she gets extra work. I would think she would make Bart come in and erase it. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe like uh, Martin Willie. does it just to be a, uh, yeah, to be a brown noser. Or yeah, maybe Willie does it. I would like to think that she erases it when he's done and then she says, write it again. <laughs> That's yeah, some like, pretty... uh, what's that uh, evil teacher from uh, evil J.K. Rowling books? Uh, oh, yeah. What was her name? Mm. At, th at this point, they should just edit out that teacher's name to the to Mrs. Rowling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was her name? Uh, mm. You probably have someone in the room that knows. Hey, Laura. Laura. She can't hear us. Okay. Probably for the best. <laughs> Uh, Peter Pettigrew. Yes. Oh, what? I mean, I, we literally have the internet right in front of our fingertips and we'll look it up. Evil. Like, just be an evil teacher. Dolores Umbridge. Dolores! Dolores! I knew I thought, it. I thought it was Mulva Umbridge. <laughs> Ron and Harrier. <laughs> I'm just imagining a Harry Potter Seinfeld. So, obviously, Harry is Jerry. Ron is George. Of course, Elaine is... Hermione and uh, Dumb I mean, or uh, the twins, is or maybe the Weasley twins would be Kramer. maybe, uh, yeah. Hagrid makes sense, I think, because the four of them hung out in the first couple books. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's not. What about the? Uh, who would be the? I, I bet there's like a a t-shirt on T Public that has like Harry Potter, but it's like the Seinfeld cast. But yeah, like we said, yeah, maybe like yeah. Hagrid, the owl is. Although he's uh, the mail. Maybe that's Newman. He's the mailman, mail character. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, like, Hedwig. <laughs> Dumbledore would be uh, I'm trying to think of the Uncle Leo. 
<laughs> okay, there was a Reddit sub, sub, there was a subreddit, and they voted for Hagrid as Kramer and Draco as Newman. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like Seinfeld in general, like uh, Jerry's kind of like, oh, he's the straight character, so he's kind of like boring. And right. they even make a point in that episode where like he's always even. And then Kramer as a kid, you're like, he's funny. But as an adult, you're like, eh, Kramer's not that cool. And it's yeah. not because of Michael Richards. No, no. It's just like Kramer. Yeah, and you realize like George and Elaine are like the legit like best characters of TV. Of course. Yeah. So is that with Harry Potter's Ron and Hermione? I mean, I guess so. Ron and Hermione are probably like the, They're the most interesting characters. characters. Like Harry just becomes a whiny asshole. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, could be Kramer. Uh, Neville. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Although Neville's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, he's the hero of the day. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. Neville's going to be okay. uh, Kramer. Just as long as we make J.K. Rowling evil because she's horrible. She's Voldemort. Yeah. Or she's the soup Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> So then uh, Voldemort is uh, the gym teacher for Jer- or George because <laughs> oh, can't yeah. stands yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they both had weird faces. I mean, he yeah. had the weird baked bean teeth and Voldemort has no nose. Became homeless in their later years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, are we still on the Simpsons title screen? Yeah. Do we get a couch gag? Yeah. Uh, it's the Simpsons family, not the Seinfeld or Harry Potter crew. <laughs> But they're like an awards trophies. You got Homer's Oscar, not the Grouch, the award. Marge is an Emmy. You got Lisa's a Grammy. Maggie's a Stanley Cup. And Bart's the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards. So they're not even they're not even an EGOT. No. Like, wouldn't you think maybe? Uh, like, yeah, I mean. Who would be the Tony? I mean, I'd say Lisa, but Grammy, Lisa, because of music. Well, I would make maybe. Uh, well, we I, know that Maggie's going to grow up and be a rock star. Right. So she could get the Emmy and then gave Lisa the Tony because she could do both. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Ralph probably has the Tony because Ralph's the best actor. That's true. <laughs> Bart, the, Bart should have been like the uh, what's like a defunct. The uh, what's the cable like Ace Awards? Yeah. <laughs> the cable or a Clio Ad Award. <laughs> Clio. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, shortly after they sit, the couch transforms into a trophy shelf and then into a trap compactor where all the uh, family gets crushed and compounded into a cubicle to a world's greatest grandpa award oh. yeah grandpa comes in and takes the award steve it finally begins the episode yeah it begins like it always does with the simpsons pulling up to smart tykes where you can dump your kids in the learn zone and of course bart he's immediately disappointed learn zone you said we were going someplace fun. Yeah, Mom, you promised. Oh, I told you, don't call me Mom. Sorry, Mrs. Simpson. <sighs> fun way to begin the episode. Uh, yeah. Homer calling um, Marge Mom. That's supposed to be calling him Miss, Mrs. Simpson, right? Exactly. I always think it's weird when... Uh... I mean, we may have talked about this before, but like when like parents call each other mom and dad. It was like Mike Pence called his wife uh, mother. Yeah. And yeah, I think know. it's like an old timey, not Southern thing, but I've heard it like in other TV shows before. We're like, yeah, it's definitely antiquated. And like from like, it feels like it's from the 50s or the early 60s. Yeah. Like, mother here makes the finest pie east of the Mississippi. <laughs> she sure does have a nice pie, doesn't she? I'd love to lunch on that pie all day long. Would you like to try my mother's pie? Oh, no, there's a hair in my pie. This is the 50s. All the pies had hair in them. That's true. All the way up to 1977. And then disco came and ruined all the hair. (laughs) Never put that together, but you're right. (laughs) Disco killed pubic hair. I'm going to say it was probably more like the 1980s. Yeah. Beach bod, like high rise, high waisted uh, one pieces that are now back in fashion. It's hard to do cocaine off of a Harry Mons Cubis. Glad we have that isolated. (laughs) Next week, I'll be asking you, what do you do this weekend? And I'll say that. Play that clip. (laughs) 
it's hard to do cocaine off of a hairy mon's pubis. <laughs> so smart tykes. Mm-hmm. Like, is this a parody of Discovery Zone? Remember Discovery that's it, Zone? Yeah, that's what I figured it was. Um, I I think we may have discussed it before, but I've never been to a Discovery Zone or a DZ. Yeah, me either. And I think we probably have mentioned this before because I think it was advertised to parents that like strive your kids off and like they're going to learn things. But really, it was just bouncy houses and what, what we see here. Yeah. Uh, so you see uh, like the children climbing on rock walls, another being shot off a catapult onto a rock wall, which was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. And then another child holding on to a wildly moving uh, pole in the right. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> and then even Martin Prince is acting as a human claw on the claw machine, which at first I'm like, hey, this would be fun. But uh, Marge, she you know, like we said, this isn't a learn zone. It's a fun place. Oh, no. So to ensure maximum safety, uh, Squeaky Voice Teen announces that all the children must wear anti-kidnapping bracelets. Homer scoffs, asking if anyone would pay a ransom for his son. And who would? Um, Bart asks his father, what do you do if he received his ear in the mail? And uh, Homer figures he'd just feed it to the dog. Bart reminds Homer that he'd have to wrap it in cheese first. And Homer Homer angrily tells Bart not to tell him how to feed the dog. Just like how Homer's like to Squeaky Jeans, like, uh, you really think anyone would want this kid? <laughs> yeah. Doing the old dog trick of... Uh... Wrapping cheese around a pill to get the dog to take their medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like you can put peanut butter on things to make the dog eat it. Yeah, I've seen people on the internet. People like wrap saran wrap around their head and then <laughs> yeah. slather with peanut butter. I'm like, what are they doing? And I realized like the dog's licking their forehead while they're uh, clipping their nails. Is that how we get you to clip your nails, Steve? If I, wrap I think so, yeah. <laughs> Just put some peanut butter on your forehead or anywhere else on your body. <laughs> like my... Uh... I love erections. All right, Steve. <laughs> One day I'm going to have some money. I'm going to fire you. So we can hire a normal editor. So that doesn't happen. Okay, everybody in the ass. (laughs) All right. (sighs) So the day continues to go on at Smart Takes with kids playing trampoline basketball, trampoline napping, and even trampoline (laughs) trampoline, which has children jumping on individual trampolines on top of one giant trampoline. Sounds actually like a lot of fun. Yeah. You didn't say trampoline, Steve. I thought you would have. I know. I know. I know. It's a missed opportunity. I just figured since I was saying trampoline nine times, I didn't want to. Screw it up. Trampoline. Uh, next, there's a giant play structure full of tubes to climb through and slides to slide down. Homer and Marge then notice another slide, which leads children down to a hole, much like a marble in a marble machine. Marge wonders where the kids end up, and we see one boy go down the slide, landing in dress slacks and a tie, as a female announcer welcomes him to the Mormon church, America's most respectable cult. Now, that's a funny joke, but I wonder, would it have been funnier if instead of the Mormon church, they landed in the Catholic church? Well, let's think about this, Steve. Uh, the Mormons have the funny musical Book of Mormon by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, True. while is the Catholics have Jesus Christ Superstar by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Also true. Hmm. I think when it comes to Mormons, the more Mormons I've met are generally nice people. And some of their ideas are a little wacky. I get it. Again, we're not a religious podcast. Uh, But Catholics, even the Pope is like cooler than American Catholics. Yeah. Um, You know what? I like, I think you're right. But wait, Hmm. respectable cult. I'm going to, I'm going to respect the Mormon church more than the Catholic American Catholic church. Yeah. When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, bigamy is less bad than child molestation. Right. And, uh, you know, the Mormons can do their things and, you know, they have missionaries coming over to, uh, try to convert When you say no, they're like, cool, we're fine. Yeah. Back on our bikes. We go. Yeah. I think it's just like deep down. They're nicer in general. So I'm going to say, uh, yeah, they're respectable. I mean, they're a newer religion, you know? Yeah. 
uh, don't forget probably the best religion is a uh, uh, Bart Simpson's religion, uh, Scientology. So uh, we love that, right? Of course. Yeah. All hail Zenu. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad we have that uh, figured out. So uh, Simpsons writers, you did it. Uh, Mormon church is more respectable. Steve's Catholic church is the most disrespectable. That's uh, <laughs> not my church. It's your church. I deem it your church. I don't want the church. Of Latter-day Steve's. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, uh, Bart and Lisa run off to play and Marge asks Homer to keep an eye on them. Uh, Homer there asks if he could keep an eye on another child, which is weird. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. okay. So he sees like this boy juggling multiple objects while moonwalking. There's fun jaunty music in the background. Yeah. Bart finds uh, the boy to be fabulous, but Marge wants Homer to watch Bart and Lisa. Yeah, it's always his kids that he has to watch, Steve. He's upset. Always, as always his kids. <laughs> yeah. At the Catholic Church, we like to watch all the kids. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Homer immediately loses track of his two oldest kids and goes into the play zone to find them. You see two kids that, uh, climbing a net ladder that look kind of like his kids, but not quite. And I was wondering if the first kids were Lester and Eliza from uh, the Itchy and Scratchy episode, but maybe. Uh, we then see two other doppelgangers for Bart and Lisa coming out of the tubes. And so Bart's a little chubby and uh, Lisa has kind of a long nose. Next, we get a couple of lookalikes with glasses and then uh, two climbing structures <laughs> in the shape of Bart and Lisa. Homer declares the situation to be hopeless, but Lisa asks what he's talking about. And Homer asks Bart and Lisa, who are standing right in front of him, who the hell are you? I like to think that all those drawings were like maybe early design ideas for Bart and Lisa or just the animation or the animators themselves just having like a fun time. That was a lot yeah. of fun seeing different Barts and Lisas. Yeah, I like the chubby Bart a lot. Yeah. And Lisa with the cat eye glasses. It just makes sense. And in the end, of course, uh, Homer be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> it's good, uh, Homer and Dom. So Bart and Lisa are begging Homer to climb up to the uh, PlayStation they're on. Not that kind of PlayStation, Steve. Aww. But Homer says, uh, absolutely not, saying his adult frame is simply too large. He says that he'll never do it, and then he climbs up the slide. I don't know why he's climbing up the slide. Yeah, that's uh, got to be a ladder. Yeah, painfully crawling and duck walking. Um, he climbs through a hole and sees a man lying down, murmuring to himself that he just wanted to have fun. And then Homer, like as if he's dead, dying, covers his eyes and kisses him on the forehead, saying that soon he'll be at peace. This uh, this scene kind of like got me claustrophobic. I didn't like it. Yeah, I could see that. It, it's uh, the, one of the reasons why I never went to a DZ as a kid and would never go as an adult aside from you know state laws and they don't exist um, anymore and yeah that too is it just seems like really tight and smelly and uncomfortable like just going through like all the tight spaces and all the kids are around and it just seems unpleasant to me Oh, you're right. So uh, Homer reaches the top and declares himself the king of Learnington Castle. Bart and Lisa then shoot Homer with uh, several nerf balls to the face, gut, and groin, laughing at the fact that they tricked their father. Homer falls to the ground and Ralph climbs on top of him and starts bouncing up and down. But Wiggum stops the son, reminding him to take off his shoes first. Homer then arrives at the snack bar, which is full of daddies sitting at benches, looking at their phones. When Homer asks uh, what the cool thing, cool kid things are in this room, Rainier Wolfcastle, who has kind of a weird Nelson nose, uh, tells Homer that there are no kids and that's what's cool. Homer sits with his fellow fathers Kirk Van Houten and Cletus while uh, manager Shauna complains about her job as a child escapes. I have a phone. It's very tiny. Ain't no shame in being poor boy. What's pitiful is if you is ignorant. Is these mice pillows here for the taking? I hate working here. At least at Krusty Burger you could burn yourself and go home. Unauthorized child departure. Lockdown mode initiated. Another stupid kid got out. I can't tell the manager. I am the manager. Duh. We're locked in! These lasers are nothing 
I'm sure they'll have us out of here soon. Until then, why don't we bond by sharing our childbirth experiences? The nurses were so My great. husband held my hand the whole time. See? All you need to get through a crisis is a little friendly conversation. Bet you the dads are doing the same thing. Wait a minute. Before we get to the main clip there, sure. Bart, Bart was pregnant and had kids. Listen to this. And has a husband. My husband held my hand the whole time. <laughs> I didn't know Bart. Wow. Was married and had a kid. <laughs> Good for you, Bart. I'm proud of you. Who's the father? We'll mm. find out next season on Who's the Boss, season 43. Is that just Tony? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably either Tony or Danny. Surprised they haven't rebooted that shit show yet. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, a lot yeah. of love for like 80s sitcoms. I don't think that one was good. Yeah, even as a kid, I knew it wasn't good, but I still like watched it because it was on syndication. I was like, uh, I'm going to wait till like Cheers is on. Yeah. Do you know my number one favorite thing about Who's the Boss was? Uh, Jonathan. No, it was at the end when the credits would roll because there was a executive producer named Bud Weiser. <laughs> and it made me laugh even as a kid. It was the best joke in this whole show. <laughs> exactly. Was that also one of those shows that had said Ubu sit, good dog? I don't think it was. Uh, that always feels, I always associate that with family ties for some reason. Is that family ties? I yeah. should know because I just like, t- like last year totally rewatched all family ties. But I might have skipped it because it was, you know, streaming. So it's like. <laughs> continue to next yeah skipped it that's funny uh, i guess it's skippy yeah yeah that show's also not that good <laughs> no it's not i i tried to watch it and it like the first like season they lean into steven and elise being hippies a lot more and the main characters yeah right yeah and it and... wasn't until like they, they let michael j fox be the star Leave it to those fucking Canadians to ruin American TV. Mm-hmm. I would go back in time and uh, to never mind. Michael J. Fox is a Canadian treasure. That's right. <laughs> uh, who's the boss? Uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, close. <laughs> Simpsons Better call Bad. Simpsons. Oh, how about the uh, mice pillows? I thought those were funny. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I thought it was cute. <laughs> I like the lady in the laser tag. These aren't lasers. They're just colorful lights. Yeah, it just goes to show, and we talk about it time and time again, but Tress McNeil is just a treasure. Yeah, it's the uh, hysterical woman is funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, not in real life, but, like, just saying those, like, it's just the way she does it, the intonation tone of her voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It reminds me of a uh, kind of like, um, if you guys have listened to uh, any improv podcast or just follow <laughs> that kind of crowd, uh, uh, comedian uh, Mary Holland kind of yeah. has that same gravitas, too. And Hi, I'm plays- pregnant. Yeah, like when she plays characters. Yeah. Uh, that's all good stuff. All right. Well, we're off to a start, Steve. We are. Finally. Finally. Where the bases are getting loaded. Right. Um. And uh, so are the Inuit Grunt Boys. So uh, Marge, Marge's assumption that the men were uh, connecting uh, peacefully was mistaken as the uh, fathers burst into violence using cafeteria trays as armor and as weapons. I also like how this is also kind of dated in the year 2013 because a lot of the dudes are uh, rocking the Blackberry phones. That's true. Yeah. And so they're also attacking each other using ketchup, tongs, and uh, two men are even using pizza peels to shove a tied-up guy into a pizza oven and locking the oven with a paddle, ensuring that uh, that guy is going to die. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so one dad sees that the steez guard has been broken, which means there's just no law. <laughs> so there's another hysterical. Yeah. Uh, love hysterical nonsense. Um, it's always fun. And then we see Coach Krupp. Of course, that's a bombardment guy. I'm getting ready to hear him saying bombardment, right? Mm, yeah. 
He states that he was just there to pick up his daughter, and now he's going to kill everyone, starting by sticking a ketchup and mustard bottle up of each of their nostril of an innocent bystander. He then laughs maniacally and reminds his daughter to grab her jacket. And as a surprise, Steve, he doesn't say bombardment. I'm so glad. I know. I'm kind of okay with that because I don't care. <laughs> right. One of my least favorite characters. Is he even a character? No, he's just a one-trick pony. But does he have more character? Like uh, we talked about last week, the uh, the counselor. What was his name? Uh, uh, Prior. Oh yeah. Does he? Does bombardment? Does the coach have a tapped out and or action figure? I bet he's got a tapped out. Definitely has a tapped out. Um. By the way, I tried. I really tried to play tapped out. It took six hours to update. <laughs> I'm not joking. It like literally, I, it took six hours, and then I was just so overwhelmed by stuff. I couldn't do it. Were you able to log into your old account? I was, and everything was all there. Okay, so I did the same thing. I also downloaded Tapped Out, and again, it took like the six hours, like you said, and then went to log into the EA. It had like my information and like password's good, but then it was just like, oh, we can't load it. Sorry. So hmm. I guess I'm tapped out of Tapped Out, Steve. Oh, no. Yeah, big loss there. So it does not appear that there is a coach corrupt action figure, although he was definitely in Tapped Out. Well, I think he's a better character, or Pryor's a better character than him. I agree. What about Mrs. Pommel Horse? She needs to have a character in Tapped Out. Speaking of one trick pony. <laughs> I'd like to get down now. <laughs> we don't even see Mrs. Mrs. Pommel Horse, really. We've, no, we? we've seen her before, yeah. I guess we have, yeah. She's just a like, tall, broad-shouldered uh, lady. Yeah. Blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I remember her now. So Homer hides in the popcorn machine and is safe until another man beats on the glass demanding him to get out. Homer shouts never, and the man responds by pouring hot butter all over Homer. At first, Homer screams in pain, but then Homer succumbs to that tasty, buttery topping. Is this uh, how you want to die? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I kind of want to be in this popcorn machine. It'd be nice if you just open your mouth and go, nom, 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 nom. yeah. So the note said that that was a reference to Titanic, and I don't know why. Oh, it, uh, on the internet said that? Yeah. I, oh, I, you, I don't remember, seen... you don't remember uh, the cutscene with Kathy Bates in the popcorn machine? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that scene. <laughs> yeah. Almost uh, as like, good as uh, about Schmidt. When uh, she's in the popcorn machine. <laughs> yep. Uh, Not giving me any misery. You and James Conn. Rest in peace. All right. So let's get to our second act, Steve. Okay. Okay. So the chaos is ensuing. Uh, Pooh is now applying nacho cheese to his face like war, war paint. Hey, way to be culturally inappropriate there, Pooh. Yeah. You're Indian, not that kind of Indian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, you're you're correct. <laughs> also, I would like to put nacho cheese on my face and lick it off. That would be fun. <laughs> kind of messy, but uh, fun. Yeah. Um, and then we have another father torturing another one by shoving his face in the cotton candy machine. Now, that would be horror for Steve. It would be. the uh, That's the worst thing ever. He's chanting round and round, a fate worse than uh, waterboarding. Mm -hmm. And then a uh, Rainier Wolfcastle now with uh, his regular nose. He doesn't have the Nelson nose anymore. Must have had a nose lift or unlift. Unlift, I guess, because it was up and now it's down. Yeah. Uh, a rhino unplasty. There you go. The opposite of a rhinoplasty would be like a hippoplasty. <laughs> I like to think rhinoceros and hippos would be like opposites. That, that makes sense in my head. Yeah. They're like mammal dinosaurs. Right, and one has horns and the other doesn't. Yeah. It's like a mounds and almond joy of uh, right. gray animals. And both will kill you if they get the chance. Yep, and one is full, while the other one is ever so hungry, hungry. <laughs> All right, uh, so yeah, Rainy Wolf Castle, like I said, uh, uh, lifts Homer Simpson above his head and throws him into a sliding garage door, shouting, Freedom! Uh, the men all make an escape, trampling Homer. 
and causes Homer to hallucinate seeing the fathers as uh, apes. It's kind of a fun, like actually animated. So if you like kind of watch it, it's mm-hmm. like they're human, but slowly turning into apes, like the clothing and like the faces just like it's really well done animation, I think. And it we'll is. See. Yeah. And um, now that music, that's not the that's like the planet of the apes music but it's not is it i don't think it is actually i think it might just be a close yeah they always do that i should know that because i watch planet of the apes like at least once a year but i never hear that music um but that's what they always do when it's like chaos and it's always like apes Mm -hmm. Hmm. anyways um uh, deep down homer realizes that uh, we're all savage apes isn't that the truth Mm -hmm. he then wishes to leave his body and his spirit does in the shape of a majestic winged pegasus (laughs) and as it leaves homer's like what the hell was that This is like there's two instances like that one. It's almost kind of like the rule of two, right? Like that yeah. joke. And then like when Bart and Lisa ask Homer, like in the beginning, he's like, who the hell are you? Like just some very fun, like just what the hell type of moments. Yeah, he's very astounded by the world around him. Even his <laughs> own soul happens to be a Pegasus. Uh, we go back to 742 Evergreen Terrace and Marge wonders if Homer is ready to go back to work after his traumatic experience. Homer tells his wife that it's been eight months and that it's time to get back on the horse. But when he steps outside, Homer's confidence wanes. He sees the mother taking her child out of its stroller, but the kid then turns into an ape and chokes his mom. Homer then sees the rooftop decoration of Santa and his reindeer, but to his eyes, Old St. Nick is now an inflatable ape, and his reindeer are a sinister baboon-deer hybrid. Even Ned Flanders isn't safe from Homer's hallucinations. He offers to sweep the Simpsons welcome mat, but Homer sees the neighbor as a three-headed ape. Homer runs to the house and slams the door, crushing Ned's one and true head. Homer then tries to find some relief from his uh, local watering hole, Moe's. I guess despite all our so-called civilization, anarchy lurks around every corner like a racially diverse street gang on a network cop show. My friend, you just experienced WROL firsthand. Hey, hey, read the sign, pal. No acronyms. And that goes for the rest of yous, too. Okay, okay. Hey, in this bar, we say old kinderhook. What's WROL? It means without the rule of law. Anarchy. The end of civilization. Coming soon to an America near you. America can't collapse. We're as powerful as ancient Rome. Uh, Take a look at this. The modern world. An inexorable march of progress. Sweet. Or is it? (laughs) We are slaves to the system. Close the supermarket and we starve. Cut off the tap. We drink our cat's blood. Steve, I'm cutting the tap off for you. You can't drink beer anymore. Oh, no. Watch out, Milo. <laughs> drunk, but not beer drunk. It's different. You get like cat like powers. Oh, I can jump. I can lick my own testicles. <laughs> I can sleep 14 hours a day. Oh, man, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Reincarnation. Don't be human. Be cat. That's the dream. <laughs> I like professor of historyology because that's uh, one of those fake words that that, uh, you know, some uh, outsider people will sometimes claim to be of like scientists or stuff like that. Like uh, QAnon shaman. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a QAnon, a global theoretical publicist historian. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, that's a fun Let's voice. Just- Let's just make up some bullshit and then we'll call it a religion and then just like not pay taxes and we say we're a religion. Okay. Makes sense to me. The Annoyed Ground Boys presents church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, instead of a Patreon, you just have to do some teething. Yeah. Just give us 10% of all your money. Uh, 25. Sure. Every Patreon. And uh, our our commandments are be cool to each other. Uh, (laughs) Are you trying to think of the Bill and Ted's one? (laughs) 
No, that's just a good one that I stand by. Uh, Oh, yeah. Be most excellent to each other. Yeah, there you go. Drink all the beer, but don't Uh, drive. Yes. Smoke all the weed, but don't fly. (laughs) And do all the heroin, but don't conduct a train. Do all the cocaine and don't boat. That's true. Yeah. Uh, is that our commandments? Is there I one think more? So. Oh, and uh, watch a daily episode of The Simpsons. That's right. And then we so be cool, to... drink beer, <laughs> do heroin, do the, right, do the right drugs with the proper modes of transportation, <laughs> yeah. and watch Simpsons every day. Excuse me, uh, <laughs> preacher Steve. Yes, my child. <laughs> Can I uh, smoke a marijuana and drive a car? Let me check my graph. <laughs> yep, you're fine. Preacher Steve. Yes, my child. <laughs> May I do cocaine and drive a car? I don't see any problem with that. Preacher Steve, what do you want most? I just need balls in my mouth. <laughs> Why do you keep calling us uh, children? Kids and hot naked orgy. Yow. That's what I do. I'm, I'm out of this religion. Okay. Ah, so close. <laughs> and scene. All righty. So that uh, guy introducing that video was, uh, it's a raspy voice singer, songwriter, composer, and actor, Tom Waits, playing the role of Void. Are you familiar? Um, do you like... Did you ever go on a deep dive of Tom Waits at all? I mean, I never really got to that crippling alcoholic depression like phase in my life where I needed to like just listen to Tom Waits. Sure, I get that. You know, I I, I think I mostly uh, like know him as an actor these days. Yeah. I mean, I know he's like he started off being more of like a, obviously a musician and right. I, I enjoy like listening to it, you know, but uh, I mean, I'm trying to think here. Like, did you ever see the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? He's great in that. Yeah. Copying cigarettes. He's good in. Oh, that was like one of those first things he did, right? Yeah. That was like a uh, one of those like indie films. Did you know he was in Rumblefish? He was Benny. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe he's more of an actor. I don't know. Um, he was uh, Dra- in Bram Stoker's Dracula. He was Renfield. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Fisher I mostly King. know him from the song I Don't Want to Grow Up just because the Ramones did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs uh, the Ramones covered. Uh, so <laughs> in that clip, uh, Mo says that he doesn't want any acronyms in his bar. Somebody says, okay, and he says we only refer to it as old kinderhook. And that was uh, was when the okay term took this world by storm in 1840, when Martin Van Buren, no relation to Milhouse, probably, born in Kinderhook, New York, uh, used the nickname old kinderhook to run, and it was shortened to okay in rallies. However, in uh, two years earlier, in 1838, a Boston newspaper went acronym crazy. It was like a trend, much like it is nowadays, I guess. And there were a bunch of uh, acronyms such as OFM, our first men, NG is no go, GT gone to Texas, and SP, small potatoes. And one of them was OK, which was a joke because it stood for all correct, even though O and K do not begin with A and C. So that's like the original acronym you said it was the one from 38 yeah 38 but really when it's the old kinder hook is really the okay is probably where it's more probably yeah that's where it probably gained uh nationwide notoriety it's kind of crazy because you just think the word okay is like another word for all right but it comes because how did you always spell okay if you're like writing this is a big point of contention for scrabble players because i spell it okay me too um but that's technically not considered proper in some Scrabble dictionaries because hmm. it's actually an abbreviation. So you can use the letters okay, but you can't use okay. In fact, I remember getting a very heated argument with a mutual friend of ours over a game of Scrabble about that many years ago. Are you talking about our friend uh, Bill Paxton? Yes. And now he's dead. So figure it out, folks. There you go. Steve, the Scrabble murderer. <laughs> uh, Steve did not murder Bill Paxton. No. Pullman, maybe. Plimpton? Definitely. <laughs> And a hot plate. <laughs> All right. Well, so the video on Lloyd's tablet continues with a 
house of cards being built with threatening things plaguing our modern world, such as peak oil, no local farming, Ben Bernanke, solar flares, hillbillies and apes, overuses of antibiotics, 17 year cicadas, <laughs> deadly troll, and mylar balloons. Um, like all those. Yeah, I, I believe in all yeah. those. I mean, 17 year cicadas, that's normal though. Yeah, but maybe they're a, a sign of a world to end in some multiple of 17. <sighs> cool. Cool. So the video goes on to show a frightening apocalyptic scene of uh, folks <laughs> fighting with sticks as military officers stand over them with a rifle. The narrator asks, who will survive in the new world? And then an armed guard shoots all of the uh, other people. And the narrator answers the question with the man who is prepared. The army man then fills his cantina with the blood pouring <laughs> out of the victim's necks, uh, pumping the dead man's arm to improve the stream. Like it's like a water pump, like an old yeah. tiny <laughs> well or whatever. Not a well, but the water, water pumps. Um, he then rips off the arms of another dead body and rubs them together like they're sticks trying to start a fire and then like at the end there's like upbeat like tune plays and the screen says the end like it's those classic like 50s 60s uh short film like yeah instructional videos and it ends with a uh, copyright you're all gonna die productions and uh we got a clip here with uh, homer being intrigued by what he just saw oh my god this unsourced undated video has convinced me beyond any doubt and i'm the guy you want to know when the stuff hits the fan Hey, man, no need to almost swear. Come with me. Well, Homer's gone. Let's all go into our suspended state till he gets back. <laughs> I guarantee you if we just filmed a recreation of that video mm -hmm. and just said all the same thing, but like it wasn't, you know, obviously animated, it was just live people. And we put that on the Internet. Thousands of idiots like QAnon people would like flock to that video. And we would probably uh, make a good chunk of money off these jerks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Because then we could like have products and prepping products. Oh, yeah. People would buy it. Like uh, Alex Jones. Like he's one of the biggest hucksters. Oh, for sure. Like and he knows it, too. Oh, yeah. He's pretty thing. shameless about it, I think. I mean, the majority, like your your uh, Joneses, your um, well, your number one shuckster of all time is Tucker sure. Carlson. Yeah. Uh, your uh, Charlie Kirk's, uh, your Matt Walsh's. Oh God, your, yeah. Your Candace Owens, and then even the people that are like in the well, the people that are actually in Congress, I think, are actually legit dumb, like your Bobarts and your yeah. And I'd say even like Joe Rogan isn't intentionally evil he's just really stupid and don't have anybody on like those people that you just mentioned well he's our hero now because he doesn't want trump on that's true but doesn't <laughs> he want like ron DeSantis or something uh steve ron's uh, coming on the podcast next week so don't say oh well, great guy great guy <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because this episode is you know 2013 and just this episode in a way just kind of does feel like very modern to it does but we've been dealing with this bullshit for a year so it's nothing new like you know it was great like when the pandemic started that just mm -hmm. it was great when the pandemic started but it was just like a lot of like news sources were covering up old like research about like the spanish flu and like how like similar like people reacting how they're mm -hmm. reacting now and uh and just people don't change it's 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 great. It's wonderful. Um, but let's go on to like one of my favorite meta jokes was mm -hmm. when Homer left Moe's and then <laughs> Moe is just like, all right, let's uh, go. I'll go into suspended animation until Homer gets back. It's like pointing out that the world doesn't exist because Homer's the only one that does exist. Like in the right. Simpsons universe. They're in not order for anything characters. to happen, a Simpson has to walk through the door. Yep. Like, so oh, funny. Where were we? Yeah. So good. Really good. Uh, we then go to Herman's Military Antiques, which is a nice uh, callback and a perfect person to be in the prepping situation. Hey, let's talk uh, about that real quick. Like, don't you remember for the longest time after 
I think it was the 20 short films about Springfield. He gets arrested, right? Because he had. Oh, yeah. And then you really don't see him after that throughout the entire run of The Simpsons. You know what? You're right. I think you finally see him again, maybe in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, him coming back. And I, did they? No, they never killed him off. But like he was in prison for like a couple episodes, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, welcome back, Herman. Welcome back. Yeah. You're a weird representation of the modern world. <laughs> he definitely was uh, the capital of January 6th. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> So Lloyd introduces Homer to the Springfield Preppers, which consist of Superintendent Chalmers, Lindsay Nagel, Herman, and the when are we going to get our guns guy from when Homer was in the army. Yeah, it looks. And, like, I mean, I guess probably, right? Yeah, he doesn't really speak, but he just looks like that guy. Or just any uh, random like white dude that has a right. haircut. Like, <laughs> and a in, penchant for arms. In America. Arm. Yeah. yeah. He's like literally like white America right there. That's white yeah. American man. If he uh, had a white a, felt a, threatened American man. <laughs> exactly. If he had a social media profile, it'd be taken from his truck wearing <laughs> uh, aviator sunglasses or not but wearing wraparound sunglasses and a right. hat backwards. It's a, like a Bass Pro Shop hat or a, yeah. <laughs> or a hat that's like got the Punisher logo, but it's the American flag. Yeah. With a thin blue line. <sighs> Uh, Homer mishears is a conspiracy theorist saying that he hates preppies, always partying on deck with their docksiders while townies like him are scrub- scrubbing the bilge. It's a fun, dumb joke. Uh, Lloyd corrects Homer and then compliments them. The preppers and ask Homer how he handled such a horrific scenario. But I like your hatred. It's based on nothing. That's super. Now, Homer, what would you do in the case of an EMP? Electromagnetic pulse. A burst of radiation that knocks out every electrical system in the country. I'd slash my wrist. But how? Without my electric knife? There is an alternative to suicide. Mm, I can't conceive of any. We can teach you the skills you need to survive any crisis. All we ask is that you keep your prepping secret. We won't have room for all the unprepared. Don't worry, I'm very good at keeping secrets. Impending doom. What you reading, Dad? (laughs) Honey, everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. When grown-ups say that, it means there is something to worry about. Just go play your saxophone while you can. What does that mean? Secrets? I have no secrets. Just enjoy this golden time you will soon cling desperately to the memory of. Smell some bread. Before we get into that clip, what do you think about the people that they chose to be the preppers? So obviously, Herman is a great choice. So is the gun guy. But uh, Chalmers and Lindsay Nackle. Well, of course, Lindsay, I would think is appropriate. She's yeah. always in any of these groups. Yes, I know she's, you know, we're on again, off again. Right. Uh, right now, because of this episode, we're kind of off. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I can understand that. Her politics don't line with my politics. But uh, this anyways, anyway. <laughs> What's that? This week, anyway. This week, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I think Chalmers now, maybe not so much, but maybe then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Herman, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that Chalmers kind of, like, they took a little time to develop his character. Right. And they turned him from an outdoors man into this kind of nut job, into more of a traditional, like, kind of simple life kind of guy. Who would be the surprising character if, like, they add, like, let's just put in, like, uh, Smithers for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I could see Mo. Oh, Mo. Yeah. So that's another one. Like Mo should have been a part of that. You're right. Like it's in the earlier days, if it was like season like nine, it'd be Mo, Barney, Lenny. Yeah. Maybe not Carl. Right. They could have done that. They could have had Lenny in there and like, Homer, like, where's Carl? Okay. <laughs> uh, what about, uh, you know, I would have put in like maybe one of the cops, like Lou or Eddie, but not yeah. William. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Oh, Rich Texan should have been part of it, maybe. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. So Homer in that clip is reading the book, The End is Near, 50th Anniversary Edition, uh, when Lisa walks in and startles him, causing him to throw the book out the window, which I thought was fun. Another fun sight guy, because, you know, it's been around for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> the world's not good at the end. I... See, we just we should just also write a book that said when the world's going to end and these jerks will buy it. Not it's our true. listener jerks, but the no, jerks but that the... we don't know. Right. I just want to grift all these idiots. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean... <laughs> Let them take their money that they would spend at gun shows and give it to uh, us so we can buy guns to build up our stockpile. Exactly. Just the world ends. Right. I'm freaking out here, Steve. <laughs> no, everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. All right. So we go to the basement bunker of Chalmers, who has a sign that reads, if you can read this, a crossbow is pointed at your heart. So I think I know what you're saying. It's like Charles does seem a little off to be part of this group. Yeah. Because don't you think he cares? But it's not established that Sean is his daughter yet, right? Sean is around, but is that's she true. established? Because I, I don't think yet. Because I feel like Charles now, after they established that Sean is his daughter, I think he's become like more of an interesting character because he's like he's a tough ass or hardworking guy because he's doing it for his daughter. He's a senior. Right. Parent. Yeah. He's very. Uh, he's a lot more th- sympathetic. Now. Yeah. So maybe this time they're not uh, related. Anyway, so the superintendent warns Homer that uh, the sheeple, which I feel like that was like that term, like I. It's pretty new colloquialism, isn't it? Call people sheeple. Yeah, I think that so. Really came out after the Trump presidency, though, when the Trump supporters calling pretty much anyone who didn't support Trump sheeples. Yeah, totally. That it definitely pandemic. became a right. Yeah. yeah. So he'll say that the sheeple will clean out uh, every supermarket in town when things get bad, which, you know, that did happen at the beginning of the pandemic. Toilet paper. Yeah, for no reason. Gary's dire warnings are interrupted by Homer eating a five pound bag of grains <laughs> and Homer equips that uh, when he gets home and he weighs himself, he'll find that he's uh, gained six pounds. You know, what What about that? Again, yeah. another like ending like joke for Homer. Mm-hmm. The fact that he just ate five pounds like by the time Chalmers is just, like telling him like 20 seconds worth of information. Yeah. And just straight grains too, it's not so like gross. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah, it's like dip, dipping your hand and yeah, grain and like eating. Like I can't conceive of that. No, need some hops and barley. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then add water and I think you got beer. Exactly, and then it's good. And Chalmers will do that eventually with Homer. Exactly. Uh, so back at Homer's house, um, Simpsons home. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's filled the garage with supplies such as coolers, backpacks, and lanterns. Bart asks if they're going camping, and Homer realizes an open garage may not be the best hiding place. Bart then asks his father if he's going crazy again, but sadly, that's not the case. Homer then goes to show Bart some age-inappropriate movies, such as Ice World Los Angeles, Volcasteroid, and Kathy Griffin, Even Armageddon Won't Stop Me. Homer then quizzes his son. So, what have you learned so far from our post-apocalyptic movie marathon? Guys who call themselves preacher or deacon are very bad. Water is money, unless gasoline is money. And even though lots of things are razor sharp, no one ever shaves. Hollywood has taught you well, my son. Now let's push play. Now the Ice Bishop of Beverly Hills will teach you the true meaning of cold. <laughs> I have come from a place where the land is warm and the only ice is made by machines called Fridgerators. 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 Aren't they just saying refrigerator? Do not question the wisdom of Tom Scarrett. Don't. Just don't. No, I would never. He was a substitute for God's sake. Was he? No, that was Tom Berenger. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Tom Berenger was a substitute. 
Tom Skerritt was uh, the commander in a Top Gun, the first one. Uh, right, right. Sadly, didn't make an appearance in Top Gun Maverick, which he could have. He's like 80 years old. He could have done a scene with Maverick, like, but they saved that for Val Kilmer. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Tom Skerritt uh, was also uh, Alien. Alien? Yeah, of course. Yeah, probably the a, breakout role. I love a Tom Skerritt. Was, he was on a TV. Was he on uh, Was he on Picket Fences? I think so. Was that a Tom Skerritt vehicle? Because I remember Lauren Holly was in it. Well, yeah, I remember that famous scene of uh, because I watched uh, Picket Fences. I just remember there was a scene where the kid who was like the kid in like everything, Mm -hmm. the redhead kid. Yeah. I just remember there was like a scene where he's going through puberty and he has a like a a, a wet dream about uh, about uh, Lauren Holly's character, which at that age, I think we all did. Right. Because Dumb and Dumber. Right, but she came in like wearing like lingerie and I holding like this. a Game Boy, and then what was the other thing? Like maybe like was it like a Game Boy and like a pizza or a soda or like a Sports Illustrated something like that? And like he was like, "Hey, uh, uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, Zach? Maybe I think it was a uh, Zach. Yeah, or yep, was it math? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> just for, like him having like a wet dream to that. I'm like, wow, this is pretty edgy for a family show, like." Because I watched two, because it wasn't like Fifish Finkel in it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, uh, I loved Picket Fences. Yeah. It Tom was Skerritt. a David E. Kelly show. So, right. Yeah. It was like, probably one of his, was that one of like the first like David E. Kelly shows? I think so. Yeah. And um, he was holding, she was holding up a baseball card. A baseball card. Okay. That show was pretty good. I mean, I liked, uh, I mean, is that one of those shows where like, I think it's good? Oh, there's also a Game kid. Boy. I'm, I stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Game Boy. I knew the Game Boy was the thing. Yeah. She was like in lingerie. Yeah. Okay. Um, why are we going to chop a cake? <laughs> Just like, what do boys go through puberty like? Uh, cake, baseball cards, Lauren Holly, and a Game Boy. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, that's probably at that age. That's, yeah. I do without the cake, but I'll take the uh, baseball cards and Lauren sure. Holly and Game Boy. <laughs> I was more of a pie fan myself. I'll take Lauren. <laughs> We already talked about Pyro. Best Pie in Mississippi. <laughs> but uh, Tom Scarrett, yeah, he was in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was in Contact, Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Leverage, episodes of Leverage. Here Next we are. Welcome, welcome to the uh, Stephen Craig read IMDb. Yeah. Leverage is like, remember a few episodes back when there was uh, the joke about the USA Network and oh, making yeah. fake shows? Leverage is one of those shows oh. for me. I have no idea what that show is about. How can we forget Tom Scarrett's greatest role? you and i've seen multiple times he's evan drake from cheers oh god yeah <laughs> that was like his biggest thing as like a kid mm-hmm. that's where when i saw you know top gun and saw him when he was on cheers let's bring Tom. let's get tom scare back in the fraser reboot as uh, the same character evan drake why not that makes sense yeah i, I mean like they never it. like can did they ever cross past fraser and they didn't need to no but they could now they could probably be. yeah there probably was an episode where uh evan needed some counseling or some shit like that sure because we know rebecca wouldn't accept a psychiatric help because you know she's scientologist yeah is uh christiana still scientologist yeah she is because she threatens like leah remney death threats all the time yeah she's also batshit insane wait who christy alley oh yeah so leah remney's done being batshit crazy yeah left. yeah but uh christy alley is also super right wing right <laughs> so uh lloyd takes homer to the springfield preppers top secret bug out retreat homer's impressed saying that the, their end of the world is better than his during the world lloyd goes on to say that america's collapse is about three months away but herman corrects him saying it's uh, about six weeks at most <laughs> luckily that's way back then that's not the case now no 
Um, when the four horsemen do arrive, Lloyd wants Homer and his collaterals with him. He gives Homer's keys to the compound. Now, Homer questions their motives. And at home, Marge notices several items missing from her kitchen cabinets. Uh, listen, I've got to know. You're not just being nice to me because in a pinch you could make candles for my fat. Well, that is a big part of it. It's okay. I know what I am. I can't find all our cereal crackers, juice boxes, the butter brush. Um, a lot of that stuff must have got lost in the move. What move? We haven't moved. What's going on? Oh, I want to tell you, but I promise to keep it a secret. You can't have secrets from your wife. It's very late in the marriage to tell me that. You know, when Homer says they got lost in the move... Technically, mm-hmm. they have moved, haven't? Hasn't the whole town of Springfield moved by now, like into a new Springfield? That's true. Yeah. Come on, Marge. I mean, they moved a couple of times, really, because <laughs> right. there was a garbage episode. Probably a couple. Of that was two. the yeah. Wasn't that the one that they moved the whole town? It was a garbage episode. Yeah. Right. But then, oh, don't forget, they also moved when they become the Thompsons. That's they also right. moved and... when Hank Scorpio. So mm-hmm. they've moved multiple times. And when uh, they become farmers, right? They they leave the house and move. So yeah, they've moved several times. So Arch must be wine drunk. Oh yeah. Well, uh, luckily on the podcast, we're not wine drunk. We're never wine drunk. Never. Well, maybe in the beginning podcast, we were wine drunk. Maybe a little bit, but not not now. Yeah. Now we're just whiskey or beer drunk. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do. I do think it's a nice touch that there's a thing of rice cakes in the cabinet. <laughs> That's the one thing. Yeah, like Homer's like, no, no. But it's probably, probably also the one thing that they had that probably would keep longer. Than... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Still can't believe people buy rice cakes. I don't, yeah. Especially in the age of low carb. I mean, that's probably the worst thing to have. We, we were lied to saying like these are healthy for us, but they're just full of carbs and sugar. Yeah. Damn, you just... Quaker oat man. Yeah. Why are they oat cakes? Yeah. I'm just going to eat regular cake. <laughs> it has a lot less rice than rice cakes, so. I, only, I did like the uh, apple cinnamon ones I was a kid. It seems like you would. Yeah. yeah. They need more sugar, so I just put more sugar on it. <laughs> I'd always put peanut butter on mine, and that was okay. That's actually not bad. Yeah. Yeah. See, let's go buy rice cakes and then talk about them next week. Okay. Yeah. See if they exist. Uh, do, have we had this conversation? I feel like we have. We may have, but uh, <laughs> I'll check it out. I'm sure that they, they probably exist somewhere. <laughs> go ask a uh, like a teenager at the store that's working there. Like, hey, can you show me the, where the rice cakes are at? And he's like, the fuck is a rice cake? <laughs> Because that was such a thing in the 80s. Like, I just don't oh, think yeah. kids today even know what a rice cake is. Yeah, it was always a sitcom trope of, like, a person, usually a woman, on a diet. I'm on a diet again. Gotta eat rice cakes. <sighs> All right, well, Homer takes Marge down to the basement to show her the supplies that he's hidden behind the fake wall. Looks like he just painted... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of animation that could get away with anything, because it's all drawings in 2D. It's true. Marge responds that the basement did look cleaner, and Homer shows off uh, five bug out bags, one for each family member, including a little pink one for Maggie. Oh, that's nice. And Homer, yeah. you know, pretty, even though he's crazy, I'm glad he's being kind of responsible here, you know? Yeah, he put on a lot of effort. Yeah, it did. Uh, Marge wonders what all this prepping is for, and Homer tells her that's to survive the looming kablooey. Uh, Marge is happy to see her husband thinking of the future, but finds it all a little creepy. And uh, Homer then warns that the apocalypse is coming. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe never. But it's coming. And soon. And then Marge goes to bed, shutting Homer behind his fake wall. And then he yells that uh, there's no handle on the inside. It's the one thing he couldn't prepare for. <laughs> so I'm looking at the backpacks, and it's smart because he's got a beer holder for a duck beer holder for himself. He put a brush in there for Marge because she likes to clean in Homer's eyes. Bart has his uh, slingshot and a buzz cola. 
and Lisa has some pens of binocular. That's very thoughtful because there's something for everybody. Yeah, you know, he might be crazy, but uh, he's he's thinking thinking well for these guys. Yeah. These guys known as the Simpsons. The Simpsons guys. So Homer continues his prepping education by watching a MyTube video entitled Survival Video 714 while at work. As a bowl-cutted prepper describes his snack chips, cheese puffs, and doodles, Homer writes a note asking instructor, cool or crazy? The MyTuber goes on to say that he'll eat anything orange except for an orange. The co-reactor at the nuclear plant uh, needs attention, but Homer's too busy watching the prepper deliver a baby calf with a bathroom plunger. This, of course, makes Homer decide that the presenter is, in fact, cool. The co-reactor then smokes and zaps out, causing all of the power to go out. I do like the uh, YouTuber guy. Yeah. So you can go on YouTube and type in delivering a baby baby calf with a bathroom plunger, if that exists. I'll take a look. Okay. Uh, well, well, Steve looks there. Uh, Letty's uh, clippers stop him just as he was giving Carl a haircut. And they declare an EMP. And they're always prepared because Lenny then busts out his hand scissors. <laughs> uh, the power goes all out over Springfield, causing the TV displayed in the electronics store to turn off. Uh, the teens that are texting find that their phones no longer work. So they frankly start just writing letters and then placing them in the nearby mailbox. I thought that was a fun little gag. And then Snake Jailbird going to be executed again. Like he always is about to be executed. But uh, guess what? There's no power to the chair. He's always going to get executed. What has he committed that he gets the death penalty? Usually just theft, but it's, yeah. I guess it's armed robbery. Also, why did you have me do this, Craig? What? what? <laughs> there are so many videos of cows being born. And it's <laughs> just disgusting. But with a plunger. I can't find anything with a plunger, but <laughs> even like without like clicking play, I'm just seeing a lot of breaching heads coming out. Oh, God, a snake. I just need balls I'm, in my mouth. I love erections. <laughs> my penis has never been bigger. All right. Farmer's pig gives birth to human baby. My penis has never been bigger. <laughs> okay, I need to turn off YouTube. Now. Yeah, you so, that Ugh. Ugh. so none with a plunger. Nothing with a plunger. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie then shaves his uh, shaves with a hedge trimmer, but resorts to a manual lawnmower when the blackout <laughs> hops happens. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Disco Stew is happily booging down in his discotheque when the power goes out. So the lack of music and flashing lights causes him to pull out a revolver and accept the warm embrace of death. Oh, no, he's going to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, De- Disco Stew, honestly, is a one-note character. <laughs> yeah. And you know what they say, Disco is dead. Oh, jeez. Um, it's funny because uh, Laurel will often walk in as I'm taking notes, and she, she walks in at a very odd time, and she walked in exactly as he was pulling out a gun. She was <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> Especially in the light of a gun talk in this country it's, it's not yeah. fun no anywho <laughs> um a protest forms around town hall with people holding up signs such as no volts no votes free the juice and would appreciate an explanation which seems like a good sign for just about any protest uh mayor quimby addresses the public and then homer rounds up his family for the impending doom all electronics in springfield have been disabled even the musical greeting cards <laughs> this is it Bug out time. Everyone but us is doomed. I am so jazzed. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, what's your administration doing to ensure there's no panic? I don't know. What is your administration doing? There you have it. A town without rules, without leadership, without television. This is Kent Brockman talking to himself. March, this is it. Tail twacky. <gasps> the end of the world as we know it? Uh-huh. Where's the kids? Lisa and Maggie are downstairs, and Bart's in his room with Milhouse. Boy, get in the car, and say goodbye to your best friend forever. 
Bye forever, Millhouse. See you, Bart. The Kent Brockman, Mayor Quimby. What is your administration going to do about it? That, I mean, not a political podcast, but that seems like a Trump response. Like, <laughs> even though this is like five years before Trump was even in like the presidential zeitgeist, like he would do that though. He would just be like, "Well, what are you doing?" Uh, what a funny guy. He didn't do uh, anything wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> I think my favorite, though, is the end clip there with <laughs> when Bart's or Homer's telling Bart, like, say goodbye to your friend forever. <laughs> Bye forever. It's just like, I was like, see you, Bart. Like, yeah, we'll see each other tomorrow, which, yeah. of course, they will. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, a little trivia. Uh, the mm-hmm. board game that Bart and uh, Melhouse are playing in their bedroom is uh, Satan's Path, which was featured in uh, Treehouse of Horror 21. just two seasons prior. We haven't reviewed that yet. No, not yet. And we will someday. And so the family heads to uh, the preppers compound with grandpa in his lazy boy tied to the roof of the car, <laughs> like the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer introduces Lloyd to Lisa, who will bring the gift of music to the new world. And then Lloyd asks if Lisa is an alto or baritone sax. He finds out she's a baritone and he states that it's going to be a long apocalypse. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's supposed to be a baritone sax. Right. Um, Bart wonders out loud how they are going to spend the rest of their lives in this compound since he's already bored. Uh, Homer offers his son an activity to pass the time. And then later in this clip, Marge wonders if uh, Homer is being selfish. Here's something to pass the endless time. Write down which celebrities were rumored to be gay for future generations. Yes, sir. Society will not have to start from square one. Oh, homie, I never thought we'd turn our backs on our loved ones at the first hint of trouble. Marge, when I started prepping for the end of the world, everyone laughed at me. No one was laughing. You kept it a secret. Well, just because I imagined it doesn't make it any less true. And now all those people are on their own. How can you call yourself a Christian? If Jesus had a gun, he'd be alive today. Homer Simpson, when I fell in love with you, it was because of your big heart and your good looks. But someday those good looks are going to fade. What? Now, there's a few things I want to talk about in this clip. Sure. Uh, let's do the last one, the funny part at the end that Marge actually finds Homer attractive, which I like that mm-hmm. the good looks. But uh, they talked about like the beginning when Homer tells Bart to uh, write down all the, the celebrities that were presumed gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not the joke I was going to talk about that, but also the recent recording of our time, they're talking about like rebuilding the society of the apocalypse. There was the famous American Stonehenge known as uh, these the, the Georgia Guidestones, which is called like the American Stonehenge, which was destroyed hmm. this recently. Have you heard? Did you read about this? Did you hear about this? I hadn't. No. Okay. So these are, these are giant stones that were in Georgia and they were instructions on how to build a, a society once the apocalypse happens and it's written in multiple languages and uh, there's a lot of like stuff about it uh, like the creator was also kind of like into eugenics and like into like uh you know uh some more antiquated kind of yeah right and but also like cueing on people or like thinking it's like from the devil and it's like satanic and shit like that so they destroyed it so it was just like essentially it was just like list of how to run a society right mm-hmm. but that was kind of interesting like watching this episode and hearing about these landmarks that were destroyed that is um, interesting yeah yeah and then when homer saying if jesus had a gun he'd be alive today it's very yeah. much how I, I think bobart said something like if jesus had an ar-15 he'd be alive and so right. she, she said, said that some like, shit like that a month yeah. ago yeah. so i'm like watching i was like wow there's like three things that are kind of relevant in today's culture 
Yeah, it, it, it's kind of wild. I know that it's been done to death talking about how the Simpsons predicted it and they didn't necessarily predict anything. It's just kind of the way the world was going. But how relevant this episode is to the modern times that we're living in this week. It's just so weird, like thinking that like a politician would say some stupid shit like that. But here we are. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Not a political podcast. Not a political podcast. Uh, Lloyd rounds up the rest of the preppers and tells them that they'll soon be approached by people who haven't prepared. He warns them not to look in the face of the unprepared as it may cause feelings of emotions which have no place in Civilization 2.0, Rise of the Weirdos. Uh, Chalmers has a solution for the problem, a modified rifle scope that makes any human face look dangerous and threatening. Through the scope, we see that two menacing eyebrows have been painted on, so when, say, Lindsay Nagel, Homer, or even little Maggie are seen through through it, they look like an angry enemy. That's a scope that I'd want to get. Mm-hmm. Make your own. Yeah, might as well. I know there's a lot of people that do the prepping stuff like that for Doomsday. And like, Mm -hmm. if it did actually exist, I know I'm pretty much screwed because I'd be like, well, well, I'm fucked. I'd probably like just starve to death. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll be like, okay, I made my bed. I know. I know I I screwed up. So I'll I'll leave it to that. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And I'll admit to it. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the same with you? Yeah. I... I think that we have like, I think my mother-in-law bought us like a month worth of rations that we have in our basement, but it's a month. Well, I know where I'm going to go to when the apocalypse is. Yeah, you can shelter and or you can stay in my shelter. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'll get some beans. But if I die, I die. It's fine. Yeah. At this point, if the apocalypse happens and like we're done being like a society and then, okay, I guess sacrifice myself to my squirrels in the backyard and they could eat me alive. It's very sweet. Yeah. And, you know, I like to support a small women's business. So uh, much like Homer, she can use my body fat to make candles. Here, here. Yeah. All right. So Homer asks why they have to shoot anyone. And Lloyd retorts asking if Homer is uh, good with a knife. Homer explains that he wants to help the people that didn't prepare. That's very admirable of Homer. Yeah. Uh, Gary looks through his scope and imagines taking out his fellow preppers, paranoid that they think that uh, he's gone mad with power. So later that evening, Homer sneaks into the family's tent and uses his belly to mute an air horn. Now what? Every time you wake us up early in the morning is either church or we have to change our identities. Don't be silly, Mary Ellen. Now we're going to leave this place. I'm sorry, Bart. I know you've made a bug out camp girlfriend. I've got to be honest with you. It was just a bag of rice I drew a face on. White rice or brown? I never noticed. Good boy. So we'll take these supplies back to Springfield where they're needed most. You're a good man, Homer Simpson. I cut the wires to something. I know it's just out of the blue, but when when Homer asked Bart to like if it's white rice or brown rice, I didn't see where the joke was coming. And then like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Racial indifference. <laughs> it's like Marge is proud of like, yeah, that's good. Good boy. I like that joke a lot. I do too. I also like the, the sound uh, the air horn made when it went into Homer's belly. Yeah. It's all muffled. Um, <laughs> there's a fun visual gag in that clip because the supplies that Homer's loaded up consist of water, water for purification tablets, MREs, some corn, a couple boxes of Korans, <laughs> and then that's a fun joke and that's, that's fine just as it is. But then Homer steps away and we see that there's also suicide pills and pornography. Jeez, I don't know what you're planning tonight, Steve, but leave me out. <laughs> I mean, do a wank and take a pill. That's a good night for me. And read my Koran. <laughs> 
uh, I like how uh, at the end of that clip, then he's, he's like, he cut the wires or something. And uh, we find out that uh, that the, the wires were not to the doors because we see the alarms go off and the doors leading to the 50 year ice cream supply <laughs> burst open. So it's just like a giant room of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I want to like, as of this record date, it's like in the high 90s. Yeah. And even air conditioning is not really helping cool down the, the rooms. I just want to open a vault that's just full of ice cream and like engulf into it. Like, you know how Homer, like when he goes into the the bush, the famous meme, mm-hmm. I want to do that with ice cream right now. That sounds delightful. What flavor though? Looks like it was like Neapolitan. Yeah. I'm really into like honeycomb type flavored ice creams or custards right about now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're very nice and light and refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's not unga pachka, you know? Yeah, like I typically go for like a peanut butter ice cream, but on a day like today, that would be a bit thick and heavy. So yeah, yeah. go for something lighter. Even what a sherbet, think? maybe. Yeah, a nice sorbet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I would be doing like a rocky road on a day like this. No, it'd be rough. Rocky road is like the equivalent to s'mores. It's not that great of a flavor and s'mores are just like not that fun. No, they're not. They're kind of a pain in the ass to eat. Yeah. And it's always disappointing. Like I've never had like the best, like I've always been disappointed by s'mores. Yeah. But you get, get where I go with like Rocky Road. I'm like, whose yeah. favorite ice cream is Rocky Road? It has like a bunch of fun stuff, but it is it's like a non-flavor to me. I feel like Ben and Jerry's has perfected the art of putting stuff into ice cream that makes Rocky Road seem pointless at this point. Yeah. I think simple is better. I mean, like a mint chocolate chip. It's perfect. Yeah. It's mint and chocolate chip. Yeah. And it works Although so well. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that on the East Coast, peppermint or mint chocolate chip is not green. It's more white and it's more pepperminty. And I think that's not as good as like what I think of when I think of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah. I think the my still favorite of like the too much stuff is still like a like a mocha almond fudge. Still love Ooh, yeah. that again. Coffee ice cream is that might be my favorite ice cream. It is a good flavor. <sighs> All right, see so all this ice cream talk. I forget we're still talking about the Simpsons. Uh, right. <laughs> so that like the ice cream, like I said, just goes everywhere. And Homer and the family hop into the car and drive off. Homer tells his family to keep an eye out for uh, unlit mile marked post uh, 23 or 36 or something. I don't know. And if they miss it, man, eh, they're dead. <laughs> so Lisa notices lights are falling, but Homer is uh, unsure how he could be followed since he took every last can of gas. And then Lloyd is turning the Simpsons in a pickup truck, but Chalmers in a bed, throwing wood into a fire, fueling a truck. It's a steam-powered truck. That's right. So behind them, Herman and the gut freak are uh, on a horse-drawn uh, Humvee. So that's kind of <laughs> funny, too. And then behind them, the funniest thing is Lindsay Nagel just in an <laughs> office chair, firing uh, AR-15 to propel herself. Uh, so dumb, but great. Yeah, it just seems like a fun way to get around town, <laughs> shooting uh, a gun. All right, well, we got a clip here of uh, the Simpsons heading into a cornfield and doing things. Now, everyone relax and pretend we're about to be hit by a soft brick wall. Yeah! Out of my way, corn! The starving people of Springfield are desperately in need of our delivery of canned corn, cornflakes, and flash-frozen corn niblets! <laughs> Society may have crumbled, but our decency hasn't. Not to save these sorry souls from a life of anarchy, starvation, and having sex for procreation. Isn't like corn like probably the worst thing to like have because it has like no nutritional value? Yeah, totally. Like <laughs> they'd was... be better off with the MREs. Yeah, but it was just funny, like the <laughs> out of the way corn. We need to get this canned corn and cornflakes to the people. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, also, the uh, sex for procreation thing is kind of <laughs> relevant now. Anyway, 
oh, because the crazy abortion Supreme Court or the crazy people in the Supreme Court said that, you know, sex is pretty much for procreation. So abortions should be illegal. And next they're coming for uh, gay marriage because they're awful. And then eventually it's going to be coming for like interracial marriage, which I think is a whole plan for Clarence Thomas. He just wants out of the marriage. Yeah. He tried way back in the 90s to put a pube on a can of Coke. Didn't work. (laughs) Been trying ever since. Now he's finally succeeding. (sighs) Just so he can get rid of his crazy QAnon wife. Yeah. Again, not a political podcast. Uh, so Homer steps out of the car to find everything's fine. Oh. Teens are surrounded by a boombox, as they are. Uh, J- Janie skips a rope held by Sherry O'Terry, and Jasper rides by on a scooter. Marge happily declares that the world didn't end. But Bart seems disappointed, and Homer said that people would be uh, drinking each other's blood. Homer tells his son to stop complaining, as he got to watch a VH copy of Red Dawn 13 times. Oh, it's the original one, not the... Uh... Yeah, Chris Hemsworth remake, right? Yeah, I don't think it ever came out on VHS. The remake, probably not. I mean, I've seen the original one, of course. It's a classic mm-hmm. '80s movie. Yeah, classic '80s American propaganda. <laughs> um, but it actually, might come true now because of Russia. Oh Jesus! Because <laughs> wasn't the remake like North Korea then? Yeah, and but like, it came out a year before this episode aired. Oh, it was wow. Yeah, and it was like my mighty Molnia will take care of North Korea. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. So <laughs> so Lisa wonders what happens to the electromagnetic pulse. Professor Frink walks up to them with his robotic dog to explain that only Springfield lost power and that it came back after a few days, maybe even a little more brighter. Ned says neighborly cooperation broke out as if all the weird, angry people left. <laughs> <sighs> Is that what society to be like, Steve? If- Doesn't that sound wonderful? It does. Uh, Lloyd is surprised to learn that society didn't crumble and wonders if the zoo animals were eaten. <laughs> Chief Wickham just holding the zebra leg admits that there may have been a couple animals that were eaten. Uh, and then Lloyd, of course, in this clip, expresses his frustrations. This non-disaster is a catastrophe. Are you really so disappointed the world didn't end just so you could be proven right? No, no, it's just that in the new world, I would have been a big shot. Well, not for long. Me and the others were planning to overthrow you and seal you in a cave. Yeah, but what you didn't know was I was going to poison all your drinking water. Which is why I'm only drinking my own urine. Guys, can't you see that even an imperfect society is better than the savagery of creating a new one? I, for one, am glad we're stuck with civilization. And I think we will be for a long, long time. Uh, So the camera pans up to a night sky and then into space where a meteor is hurtling towards the earth. On the space rock are a number of zombies, which is not how I expected zombies to be, but okay. Uh, One undead boy complains about being hungry and his father bargains with him saying that he can have some potato chips now or wait 10 minutes and have all the brains you can eat. The zombie child says that he wants both and the zombie daddy groans in frustration. And that's our episode. Hey, zombies can be aliens. I don't care because zombies are fake. So you can make them whatever they want to be. Fair enough. You're right. I was trying to pitch a story about vampires and I wanted them to be from outer space, but everyone's poo-poo me saying vampires aren't from outer space. I'm like, vampires aren't real. They can be from wherever they want to be. That's true. Yeah. Anyways, the, uh, the vampire story was written eventually, but uh, yeah, they weren't space vampires. I would like to see space vampires. Well, if uh, the uh, staff at uh, Simpsons won't hire us, maybe the staff at Star Trek Strange New Worlds will hire us, Steve, and we'll write our vampire story where Spock gets turned into a vampire. Come on. Why That's isn't great. he's got pointy ears already? Uh-huh. Give him some pointy fangs. And then, he'll make them live really long and, and prosper. Oh, man. Vampire Spock? Yeah. 
Steve, we are living in the golden age of TV. As much as the world is ending right now, mm-hmm. TV has never been better than it's it true. has been. And podcasts have never been good. <laughs> That's a fair point. I mean, this podcast, at least. Yeah. We still have uh, the podcast of Joe Rogan, the greatest podcaster of all time. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> well, Steve, I think we should uh, take a break and discuss Vampire Spock, but then come back and talk about normal Simpsons. That sounds like a good plan. We'll be right back. Steve, we're back. Let's wrap up this week's episode of Homer Goes to Prep School. We'll do our basics of uh, our favorite uh, scenes, jokes, maybe an MVJ, what we thought about the episode in general, and then we'll find out what we're watching next week. But before we do that, of course, we like to talk about money and what yeah. can make us money. Oh, really, what can make the uh, Disney Corporation money? And that's uh, from this episode, what would be great for merchandise? Steve, from this episode, what do you want branded? Well, Craig, I've got a few ideas. We talk about enamel pins from time to time, and I wouldn't mind a series of enamel pins featuring the trampoline basketball, trampoline napping, and trampoline trampoline. <laughs> um, I think that could be fun, but I think I'm going to go with a t-shirt that says if you can read this a crossbow is pointed at your heart i was gonna say the trampoline stuff too i like the crossbow but i was thinking more of like just the actual uh, uh scope that uh, chalmers has is oh yeah market the uh if you feel bad about uh killing people just make sure you put these scary eyes on people you know you have to be like right at the right position of course for that to work if you don't then they'll just have like giant lines on their face that's right that's fun um, though i like that yeah you know, for me, like there was like this not really uh, a lot of like T-shirt moments for this episode. Yeah, um, there's more like things I want to do. And I just want to be in the popcorn machine. Sure. And uh, just the whole like discovery zone or the kids. What was it called? The uh, smart tykes, the smart tykes. I want to be in the popcorn machine and have hot butter pour all over me. Like, well, I'm just eating buttery popcorn, like the fake, mm-hmm. butter, not real butter, of course. Right. Um, and then I also want to be in the claw machine where I could just pick up the prizes and sure. I'll, I'll accept being like dropped in the hole. Uh, there's a lot of fun things I would like to do. Uh, you know what would be a fun t-shirt then if we're doing t-shirts? Mm-hmm. Have a shirt that has all of the Bart and Lisa that Homer thinks that are Bart and Lisa, but they're not. That's cool. And just like have a picture of all those kids and be like, not the Simpsons kids. I like that. Yeah. And then we could Another definitely get fun away activity. with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's it's not exactly copyright infringement. Yeah, they're not the Simpsons kids. <laughs> no. Um, another fun activity would be to uh, smear uh, nacho cheese all over your face. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I'm going to put uh, your head in a cotton candy machine. Ugh. That's <laughs> awful. All right. So I guess, Steve, we, I guess we both got shirts there. Yeah. What a surprise. Um, these shirts probably won't be on uh, T-Public. Sorry. Probably not. I don't want to threaten people with a crossbow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pub Guns is scary enough to have on our T-Public site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grand boys. Get a Pub Guns shirt. Go for it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, all right. What about your favorite joke or your scenes? Maybe your MBJ? Hmm. Something that made you go, wow. Ha, 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 ha. One thing that didn't make me laugh, but made me think. Uh, mm, drink. Yeah, that too. Um, in the prepper's bunker, they did have a um, dilapidated Confederate flag. I, 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 yeah, I noticed that too. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, which 
still had negative connotations back then, but I feel it wasn't as like quite as prevalent as it is now. But just a thing I noticed. Thinking about this over, like for the longest time for like, especially media, uh, using the Confederate flag was meant to be like, hey, we're rebelling against the man, man. Like, look at Dukes of Hazard, right? Exactly. Now when they rerun Dukes of Hazard, that the General Lee flag is edited out. Right. Like, you can't see yeah. the, the, the Confederate flag because uh, now it just says Trump 2020 flag on General Lee. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but speaking of jokes, because uh, he's a walking joke. Um, uh, I, I thought you were saying me because I made a funny joke. You did make a funny joke, Craig, as you always do. I You do it so often, I don't feel the need to point it oh, out. Because... Well, I, I need I need a verification from now on. Already. I will let you know. <laughs> Thanks. The joke that made me laugh the most, I think, was the rice joke that followed by the um, porn and suicide pills in the in the kit. That is a, such a good joke. Um, but also the Lindsay Nagel writing the chair. Right. Those are probably my three favorite gags. As for the MBJ, though, it's tough. I like this Homer. He's really stupid, but it's fun. I'll give it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think the Homer... It's probably the MVJ just because like the three instances, like in the beginning where he didn't know whose kids were, or he mm-hmm. couldn't find his kids. And when they came up, he's like, who the hell are you? And so the next one where he's leaving his body, he's got he's his body is just a uh, uh, unicorn. Then there's the third one, too, where he's just like eating uh, five pounds of oats in like two seconds. Right. Yeah. Um, I also like his joke about um, when Marge says you can't keep secrets from your wife. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's we didn't talk about way that. late in the marriage to, to let me know about that. <laughs> That's a fun joke. <sighs> yeah, I think some of the scenes, I think the beginning, um, like I said, with those ones, but the kids and st- stuck in the, the play zone area was great. But I think one of my favorite absurd jokes was when Homer leaves Moe's and, and Moe's all like, Homer's gone. So let's all go and suspend in state until he gets back. Yeah. And like you said before, I think Lindsay Nagle shooting the the rifle for momentum was was really funny yeah there's a lot of really absurd dumb jokes i mean even the kids when they can't use their cell phones and start writing letters and sending oh them yeah the that's, mail. that's a solid joke i like that a lot yeah i think my only biggest complaint is and you brought it up in the episode it didn't make me think until now it's like i don't like this portrayal of superintendent chalmers yeah and the confederate flag right of course but mostly chalmers Usually I would poo-poo the ending where there's like a, a zombie asteroid coming at it and I didn't mind it. Like usually, no. like I think was it like last week's episode, like I just hated all like the dumb absurd shit. But I think, I guess I can get into it. I guess done right, mm-hmm. the dumb jokes can be really funny and absurd humor in this instance, in this episode. I think it worked really well just because it was a relevant issue. Even at this time, you know, when this episode probably aired, we were thinking like there's a handful of people that are really into this kind of crap, but they're just, you know, kind of loony jerks that we don't really talk about. But this is bigger than uh, than we think nowadays. I mean, this is after, especially after the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. this is just so much in the zeitgeist currently. And I think it's, uh, I think it's an episode that definitely holds up well. If you put this episode in season 34, as a new episode, people would assume this is real, like like yeah. it's a fresh new episode. And I was surprised, like the premise sounds kind of janky, but I think it really works. And it's not a skip for me. I'd watch it again. And I don't know if it's like the political bias of just like we like these episodes. Mm-hmm. And even though it has absurd and silly as it is, the absurdity makes sense to me. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Steve? Well, I was skeptical going into this episode thinking it was going to be I don't know what I was expecting. 
it's just such a goofy episode and it paints everybody as being kind of silly that it it kind of harkens back to a more innocent time when we could laugh at these people and they were just kind of a fringe group and sadly now they're kind of more prevalent but that being said it still kind of paints them in a light as being so nutty that you don't have to worry about them because they're so stupid and maybe now that might not be the case but either way this episode it it, it enabled me to kind of forget about the world for 22 minutes and have some fun with these characters and i really like that homer realized you know through marge that it's better to help those who are unprepared rather than say screw you i got mine fuck off oh yeah um, I, I i bring that up too i forgot to say that like homer is actually a decent person even though he goes off the deep end he does the right thing right i like and, that too and his motives are all pretty much always for the good because he just wants to protect his family i love it and so yeah that's 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 a good thing that's a good message and and i i don't know i think that his craziness in this, this episode seems kind of grounded even when he sees like men turn into apes it's after the horrible thing that happened and it's not unreasonable to get that reaction because he was trampled by a bunch of people who were going crazy even right. going ape you could say wow yeah i think this is a fun episode and it's that might not be like the most classic of episodes but i think that it covered the topic well it was timely then and it's surprisingly timely now and it's to, for me it's uh, definitely a watch i think it's a uh, a good episode to, to think about. Oh, I never gave a, a ranking. Oh, yeah. Um, so Tom Waits was in this episode. He has uh, 17 uh, studio albums. Mm-hmm. So out of 17 Tom Waits albums, I give this, um, I'm going to give this uh, his 1976 album, Small Change. Nice. But and, uh, uh, out of number of albums, I'll give it uh, I'll give it a 15 out of 17. 15 out of 17. That's solid. Um, so I also uh, did not yet give it a ranking. And uh, Tom Skerritt has uh, 171 inches rolls. in his pants. Oh, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's what you were going to say. Sorry. Um, <laughs> his mustache hides it well. <laughs> yeah. Tom Skerritt, more like Tom Scary. <laughs> um, he has 171 rolls on IMDb. And so I'm going to give this. Uh, let's say uh, well, we'll give it a uh, we'll give it a nice um, velveteen rabbit. So that's uh, probably 146 out of 171. Did you say uh, he has 170 rolls? Mm-hmm. Now, wasn't that your dinner last night? <laughs> I love carbs. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? It's the best. Yeah, I know. They're, they're great. Fuck you, keto. Even yeah. though you worked for me. <laughs> I didn't have to exercise. I just lost the weight. Anyways, um, yeah, a very fun episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, immensely well well i hope that this trend continues as we find out what we're watching next week and to do that we're going to need the wheel of random it's your turn steve i know guess the title and then if you get the title right we never have to do the podcast again Mm -hmm. if you don't get the title right i'll tell you the title but then you have to guess the plot of that title and if you get the uh, plot wrong then you still have to watch it so, That's uh, right. I guess we'll uh, bust that wheel around while you set out, Steve. So give it a good old spinneroo. All right, let's give it a spin to see which season we're in. We got season 20. Season 20. Okay. That doesn't bode well for you, Steve. You don't know titles from that season. I do not. All right. Let's uh, give it another spin to see which episode we're watching. Episode three. Ooh, season 20, episode three. Okay. I'm going to try something here. No cheating. I'm not cheating, but I'm just going by the numbers. And I'm going to try this 
And I'm going to say Treehouse of Horror 19. Oh, I see. Because it starts at the beginning. It's the third episode of the season. So maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, uh, you're wrong. It's Treehouse of Horror 4. Oh, weird. Yeah. It was just a rerun that night. Huh, huh. Makes sense. No, it's unfortunately, it's not a Treehouse of Horror. Damn. Yeah. The actual episode title is Double Double Boy in Trouble. Double Double Boy in Trouble. What's that sound like to you, Steve? All righty. Bart gets an afternoon job working for Professor Frank in which he's cloned and he uses his clone to do like to go to school and do his homework while he sloughs off and goes to the video arcade and uh so you're saying it you're saying it's multiplicity but in simpsons yeah, form exactly and then as a backup story uh lisa becomes no homer has to become a parent figure to uh maggie and lisa because <laughs> lisa because marge is uh getting a career on her own all of mr mom it's a whole tribute to michael keaton <laughs> Well, Steve, you're again wrong, and we have to podcast. Yeah, ah. uh, I was I was a little nervous because when I looked up the title here, I'm like, "Oh, I remember this episode," so I was worried you might too. Bart meets his doppelganger, so you're kind of right, but it's not a clone. It's his doppelganger okay. named Simon Worcesterfeld. Worcesterfeld, Worcesterfeld, a hmm. member of the richest family in Springfield, and the and the two plan to switch places. So Simon oh. adjusts nicely to his new digs at the Simpsons home, while Bart discovers that his new siblings are plotting his demise so they can gain possession of his inheritance. Um, originally aired October 19th, 2008, written by uh, Bob Odenkirk's brother, Bill. Wow. Odenkirk. It's kind of a Prince of the Popper situation. Yes. We got Joe Montagna, not Montagna, uh, making oh. an appearance on this episode. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. 49ers, great. Yes. Uh, do you do you remember? I mean, obviously, I, like I said, I remember this episode. Uh, how about you? I vaguely remember this episode, but just barely. I remember I remember Nerdy Bart. And again, that might be from Tapped Out. Uh, yeah, but there is Nerdy Bart. That's the that's the rich kid. Yeah, but I really don't remember what happens. And I, I feel like I've seen this episode, but I don't remember it fondly. Right, right. I feel I feel the same as you, but uh, hopefully you guys don't feel the same as you do about the episode as you feel about us. Does that yeah, make sense? Totally. Don't do what Donnie don't does. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, it'll still be fun to watch the episode. Hey, it's Bill That's Odenkirk, right? right? The Odenkirk uh, dynasty. Yeah, they're great. All right. Well, uh, people, you know what you guys can do? Uh, just drop us on Instagram or uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, give us your episode title and we'll, we'll we'll give that a little pitch if you care to. We'll use our minds and see what uh, we could come up with. We love it. Yeah. By doing that, uh, you can also contact us with other things besides that at 138simpsons on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can always email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're on your podcatching app, you can leave us five stars or the equivalent. That'd be so nice. And uh, thank you for always listening. And hey, you don't have to write a real review. Just tell us how you uh, plan to uh, prep for the world's end. And of course, uh, there's some merch on our TeePublic site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. Go and get a shirt there. And uh, oh, we're asking you to type a lot too. You don't have to do that. Uh, well, for the store you do, but for uh, leaving <laughs> reviews or even just giving us an episode title, don't type it out. You can let us know via voicemail and that's easy to do. Just open the podcasting app and scroll through the show's notes and at the bottom it says leave a voicemail and you tap on that and you just use your words. That's right. Not your hands, your words. And uh, let us know. All right. For this week, I've been annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And I've been annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. And remember, America can't collapse. We're as powerful as ancient Rome. I like your hatred. Do not 
not question the wisdom of Tom Scarrett. <laughs>